Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Just going to be me today. Uh, no callers or anything, unfortunately. Calling on the Anchor Mobile app. Um, today we're just going to be talking about uh, Charlie McAvoy's uh, suspension. Uh, just my quick thoughts on that. I'll stop whining about that, Bruins fans. Uh, we'll get into that. And then uh, the Red Sox win last night against the Orioles. Then we're going to talk, I'm going to go over every NBA playoff series where it's currently at. My thoughts on that series uh, should be good. Finally get outside of Boston sports today. This is like a, the beginning, it's all Boston sports and there's still going to be Boston sports, but like, I, I like to, you know, not do every single Boston sports. So I like to mix it up because we're also doing uh, an NBA uh, point guard tier thing. So basically, Tiers 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, and Tier 5. And I have all 30 NBA starting uh, point guards. And I'm going to put them in Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5. Uh, you guys can hear that at the end of the episode. And you can call in on the Acre Mobile app. Any things you agree, disagree with, like what you change. And you can quickly, uh, you know, you can uh, do uh, your own pyramid and call in. I don't care if it's quick or you explain it for a, a minute or two. That's that's fine because no one else really going to be in your way. Uh, since we haven't had many callers lately, hopefully Billy uh, returns. Maybe uh, George gives us a call back. But, yeah, first we're going to start with the Charlie McAvoy suspension, so let's get to that. So today the NHL announced that Charlie McAvoy, or yesterday night, that Charlie McAvoy would be receiving a suspension. And it would be for one game. It was the hit that he had on Anderson in the game six. And I was just like, all right, the uh, last episode I said I expected McAvoy to get a one-game suspension. And that I'm just happy he didn't get ejected from game six. Or thrown out, if you will. But I've heard Bruins fans actually complaining about this. And saying, this is ridiculous. You know, they... they you know, they laughed about it after, no, maybe not laugh, but he apologized. And, you know, the NHL is letting you off easier. Stop whining, Bruins fans. Stop. I feel like any out of the Bruins, uh, out of the Boston fans in the league, if I took the Celtics fan base, the Patriots fan base, the Red Sox fan base, or the Bruins fan base, which one is the fairest? Which one is the best in a sense where they'll criticize their team and they'll be the most fair you know, in a way, it's usually the Bruin fan base, but about this, there's too much whining. You should not be whining about this. You're just lucky that McAvoy got to finish out that game six. You're going into the third period only up one nothing. Now, all of a sudden, he could be out for game six. That could potentially cost you the game. Now, you're without him for game seven as well. And instead, all he served was two minutes. It should have been a Either he got thrown out or a four-minute major, but the thing about that was I heard this rule that it was either a play like that isn't reviewable either in the playoffs or just all overall in any hockey game. It's not reviewable. A hit like that isn't reviewable, so he only got a two-minute minor. It should have been a four-minute major, and he gets one or two-game suspension even. I'd say one, but or he gets thrown out. He only got a two-minute minor and is serving one game. And you're lucky it's not the Game 7. It's the game running against the Carolina Hurricanes. You need McAvoy. Chara can't hold up his own. I just don't I don't think he can. But that being said, it's going to hurt you uh, tomorrow night. But you should still handle the Hurricanes very well. I said you can't take any team in the playoffs lightly because any team can get hot at any time. It's the Hurricanes. So 
you can't take them lightly, but, you know, five, six games should be what the series is at. I don't expect a sweep. You really can't expect many sweeps. They kind of just come out of nowhere. You know, a team gets real hot out of nowhere. So, I, you know, we'll see how the series goes. McAvoy, I think, might be your most valuable player in the series, besides Sukarask. I, you know, I wouldn't say most valuable. He's your most valuable valuable defenseman. He's one of your most valuable players. Uh, you know, maybe Marchand or Bergeron are more valuable but, uh, out of all the skaters. Obviously, not counting Tukarask. Any goalie is the most valuable uh, in the playoffs. But McAvoy is one of your most valuable players, most valuable defensemen. So it's going to hurt you, but you should still be able to handle the Hurricanes, I'd, I'd expect. But stop whining about this. You got lucky. You got the better better hand of that because I feel like the NHL handled it very well they said all right he's either getting thrown out or a two-minute minor and we feel like if we throw him out that's like a two-game suspension we don't feel he deserves that so we're, we're gonna keep him in and overall I think you got the I think you got the better end of that only him serving one game and not getting thrown off for that third period never mind not even a four minute major just a two minute minor given he couldn't have had a four minute major but still lucky that rules in place only a two minute minor in one game I think you got lucky there so uh, you know obviously you're not lucky that McAvoy made that stupid play but I also like the fact that it shows he's got a little bad in him you know, he's got a little fight uh, I like it a little toughness I like it I like it a lot. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously I'm not thrilled that he's not going to be able to play game one. He's a major piece, but it shows, you know, finally, you know, it's not, it doesn't hurt to get suspended here and there just to show a little toughness. Then again, it was a necessary play, but, and, you know, could cost your team the game, which a game can cost you a series. I've said it time and time again, but you know what? We'll see. So that's my little take on Charlie McAvoy. Stop whining. If you're a Bruins fan about this, you got the better end of it. You really did. If you disagree, I'd like to hear why. You got the better end of the suspension. This was like best-case scenario. Two-minute minor in a game, and you ended up winning anyway, so he doesn't have to serve that game seven. This is as good as it's going to get. Obviously, the best best best-case scenarios, he didn't even do it in the first place. But, no. I mean, this was best-case scenario within reason. Uh, Two-minute minor in a game. So, I don't know why we're complaining, but some people feel the need to complain really about everything. So, I'd like to hear if you disagree, uh, please call in. Uh, so now we're going to get into the uh, Red Sox win last night over the Orioles, so let's dive into that. All right, so last night the Red Sox had that 8-5 to win over the Orioles, pushing themselves to 18-19, and while the Orioles sit back at 13-23 and now currently. Uh, last night, I remember yesterday's episode, I was just like, all right, we have to bounce back from this loss and convincingly win the next two. Uh, and then I heard Hector Velasquez was starting, and I, I was mad because I hate when he starts. I hate when he starts. I'm okay with the few Hector Velasquez starts because he's he can still he can still pitch here and there. Don't get me wrong, uh, you know. But he's more of a reliever. He can really go three to four innings max. If I have a starter who can only you know he can still have a solid outing, but he can only really pitch four innings. Then what's the you know, what's the point? You're just bur- burning your bullpen at this point. He's already started. My problem is he's already started five games. You know, I'm okay with, you know, 12 starts on the year, but five starts in what? We're in early May, and he already has five starts? No, I'm all right with, you know, 12 to 15 max starts from him just to fill in spots here and there, you know, cover up some injuries, whatnot, like fill in for David Price like he did yesterday. But no, I don't want this guy pitching a lot. He burns your bullpen out. 
Uh, and I don't, I'm frankly, not a huge fan of him in the first place either. Um, really. His stats overall are solid, but when he started pitching this year, he's in. Eh. He has a 4.03 ERA. And he's better out of the bullpen than he's a starter. Don't get me wrong, he's just a little inconsistent. So along with that inconsistency, like when he starts, he doesn't put up horrible numbers. It's just sometimes he does put up horrible numbers, which I mean, every pitcher does. He just does a little more than you'd maybe like. And the fact that he can really only pitch three or four innings. He burns out your bullpen. And he's burning out a guy like yesterday, Marcus Walden, three innings pitched. I want to save that arm because he might be your best bullpen arm so far. You know, maybe him, maybe Matt Barnes, but he's been, Walden's been really valuable. But you started off that game with the J.D. Martinez. It's his 200th career home run. Uh, congrats to him. The two-run shot. And then right right back at it, the Orioles score. Uh, they had the two-run home run by uh, Rio, Ru- Rio Ruiz, uh, the lefty third baseman. That pitch was a meatball. That was an absolute meatball by Hector Velasquez. The ball, and there was basically with every pitch, and it happens sometimes, so I'm not going to rip on him too hard here, but that pitch was, what, like 93 miles an hour, average speed, had little movement, and was a, a perfect inside pitch for him to just pull and stroke out of the ballpark. That was a perfect pitch, especially for a lefty like Ruiz, only his third home run on the year as well. Uh, so he's not a big home run hitter. You can tell he doesn't. He's not the biggest either. Um, and then uh, Mookie Betts robs Chris Davis. Chris Davis just has a smile on his face. He's just he's just happy, you know, to be there and hit the ball into the outfield for once. Uh, I'm sure he was just happy about that. But Betts walking three times yesterday was just crazy. Um, but then no, you had the uh, you also had the Moreland home run. Don't get me wrong, that was. Moreland has bit 10 home runs already. Moreland may be your most underrated player. I'm ready to say it. I mean, at this point, I want this guy in the lineup basically every day. I think he's one of your best hitters. He's not stellar fielding, but he's a first baseman. I play first base. I play some first base. I really enjoy it, but I'm not afraid to admit the fact that you really don't need a gold glove first baseman. That's really – I'm not a huge believer in these great fielders. I just need average fielders. Yeah, I need some guys that can make some plays here and there. But, you know, as long as they got the bat, that's the main priority, and that's with Moreland, especially at first base. Um, five at-bats. He really he only had the one solo shot, but don't get me wrong. He's been good. Uh, Moreland's stats on the season, he's hitting 215, which isn't good, okay? I'm not afraid to say it. It isn't good, but he's underrated, I do believe. Uh, he's a big bat. That's came in the clutch for you, really has. And overall, in his, his career, he hits 250, which is a little under average. So this season, don't get me wrong, he has not been some stellar hitter. Like If you look at his home runs, you'd expect higher than a 215 batting average. But I just personally like Moreland. But I understand why he's not this, you know, getting all the big bucks. You're saying he's 23 hits, 24 ribbies. Why has 17 runs? Why hasn't he, 10 home runs already? Why doesn't he get the big bucks? It's just because he doesn't hit efficiently. It's like a bomb for him. It's like a double or a home run or something, or it's nothing. It's all or nothing with him. It's kind of like Aaron Judge late in the season. He strikes out a lot, 27 already on the year. 
So, yeah, I'm not afraid to sit here and say, you know, Moreland is just a big swing guy. It was either going out of the ballpark, hitting the fence, or it's a feeble fly out or easy ground out. I'm not afraid to sit here and say, or it's a strikeout usually. But I still like him a lot. It's a big bat, and I still want him in the lineup every day because I'm not saying you don't have those big bats, but you have Martinez, Betts, Benintendi. So you got some guys. Chavis is a big bat. Bogarts in a way. He's, he's a bigger bat than you'd think. But I, I still – I just like Moreland. I do. Despite that batting average, I still really like him. And last night was a good game. Overall, it was a good game. I saw JBJ finally make a good play in the outfield because that's where he, what he's here for. That guy can't hit for his life. But And he's not even a solid base runner. He's just a gold glove fielder, and he finally made that diving play last night that I've been waiting for for a while because I like when he makes those plays. So I'm like, this is what we're playing him for. Literally just for that reason. He can't hit. He's not a great base runner, none of that. He's a little smart on the base path, and he's not bad. A little over average, maybe, but it's nothing that's going to make you say, oh, let's put JBJ in, because the times that he does get on the base path, maybe once a game, maybe. It's just the seller fielding, so I'm glad to see him making some plays in the field, because I haven't seen one in a while. But no, good game for the Red Sox last night, seriously. Uh, I'll definitely take it. I just want to see us bounce back tonight. It's going to be a Chris Sale start. Uh, versus Andrew Kashner. Um, probably watch that game, with, uh, but watch a little maybe with the Celtics on. I'll try to watch possibly their last game of the season. We're going to talk a lot about that game tomorrow. Speaking of the Celtics, uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but I just want to say if they lose tonight, I'm going to rip on them tomorrow, and I bet we're going to hear a ton of leaked news ton of leak news. Some of it's going to be fake. Some of it's going to be for real. We're going to hear some things leaked. For sure. Just be alert. Be alert. If you, you know, can't stay after the whole Celtics game, you wake up and they lose, and they lose tomorrow, or you go to bed right after the game, you're going to wake up with a ton of notifications. You're going to wake up. I'm expecting a pretty big episode tomorrow if they lose, because I'm going to rip on them, and there's going to be a ton of leaked news that we're probably going to go over, uh, along with uh, our Red Sox game that we might do as well. So, uh yeah, now we're going to move on to every uh, playoff series. There's only four rather than the eight last series, but that's all right. We're going to go in depth on these series, so we're just going to talk about every series, starting with the Bucks and Celtics uh, as a Boston fan. So we'll start with that. So let's get to that. Okay, so as most of you know, the Celtics are down 3-1 to one in that series against Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks up 3-1 after their 113-101 Game 4 win in Boston. Everyone knows the Boston Celtics have gone through their hardships this year. When me and Thomas, about a month back, right before the playoffs started, did our five most overachieving and underachieving teams. I had the Celtics at number two at underachieving. I thought the Lakers were the biggest underachievers. But the Celtics had their ups, ups and downs. And one up was round one, sweeping the Pacers. And then they continued on that high after game one in Milwaukee. And it seems like we actually have a shot. What? Where did it go wrong? To the point where we just collapsed that quick. I think my answer to that is my biggest answer, if I were to say the one biggest answer, is two, actually. I have two answers here. One is Kyrie Irving became his toxic self again and wasn't himself. He wasn't playing up to his capabilities, and he was being a toxic teammate once again. Just out of nowhere. 
And two, the Bucks started playing uh, as their offense, as the juggernaut they are, offensively and defensively. They they came back into themselves. I told you guys, game one, the Bucks are not gonna seem like the Bucks. And we can really win game one. I said, if there's one game where we can see it, we have to win game one because the Bucks are not going to be themselves. They're not going to be too focused. And, you know, they, they're they not going to be that sharp after that sweep against the Pistons. They're still a young team. They're going to be like, oh, this is easy. They're dealing with the different beasts in the Celtics. If you have to win a game, you got to win game one because that's going to be the one game where you can really catch the Bucks sleeping. And you did. I predicted that uh, well. I'm proud of myself for that. Uh, some wrong predictions that I had that I'll get to in a minute. But, um, yeah, I mean, then you just collapsed. Now you're sitting down 3-1, and it seems like you're talking as Boston. We're just talking more about how the season's over and where do we go from now and what do we do now that Kyrie's probably going to leave more than we are about coming back in this series. And I don't really blame you for that because – we're not. There's only been one team that's ever won as the lower seed down 3-1 in the series. I don't know what that team is. I saw the stat earlier. But the Celtics were 5-0 in the playoffs and then just totally collapsed. We were riding as it was like a sugar high. Like we were playing above, you know, we were playing as good as we had all, all season. Then we just, out of nowhere, just collapsed. Kyrie collapsed. And overall, that's kind of he's the domino effect. And I think also the Bucks kicked it into high gear again. Um, but no, I mean, this series was poorly coached as well by Brad Stevens, especially defensively. Your transition defense couldn't kick in. Uh, he just wasn't making the adjustments necessary, and he just did not know how to guard Giannis after game one. Game one was fantastic with Al Horford, but I, other than that, like game one was well coached, but I think there was also some help from the Bucks not playing up to their capabilities. But then other than that, then you face the real Bucks, and Brad Stevens couldn't do it. Brad Stevens may not be great at managing egos, but he's a great X and O strategy guy that can, you know, switch things up. But he couldn't after game one in this series, and that's a problem. That's kind of what he's best at, you know, and helping young young guys, you know, go past their potential uh, as a team, you know, a young team like we saw last year. But, no, this has been a disappointing season for the Celtics. Uh, I thought saying they were the lock for the number one seed in the East was a bit of an exaggeration. You saw an even more, you know, the Raptors got it last season. They were even better than they were last season. Um, You know, I knew the Bucs were going to be better. I never really really looked at them as a true threat. But, no, I think it was a safe thing to say they could really get the first seed. But you got to at least put the Raptors as a real threat, maybe even the Sixers. At the time, you know, they didn't look as deadly star power-wise, but no. I wouldn't say they were locked, but to, to them to get the, what, four seed and get lucky because Oladipo got injured? Like, listen, this is rough. So we're going to talk more about the Celtics offseason, just really everyone's. I want to focus on the playoffs right now. You know, I I, I want to dip my t- I, I dip my toes into the offseason talk, and then I really just go all in. I'm just like, whoa, hold your horses, Aiden, because I want to save it. I want the, all the playoffs to be gone, uh, done. So, you know, that affects players' decisions like Kyrie and more news. And then once the playoffs are done, and we really have everything in front of us. I'll really start talking about it. But I, I don't want to do too much because I want to talk about the offseason, but I want to kind of save it at the same time. So, yeah, it just doesn't look good for the Celtics. I'll be watching 
probably the last time we see all these guys. Because you, I don't, I even want to buy a Celtics jersey because I don't know who's going to be on the team in within the next two years. Within the next two years, Horford could leave in free agency. Your young guys could be traded for Anthony Davis, or Kyrie could leave. So there goes Kyrie's jersey. The young guys could end up getting traded if Kyrie stays. Al Horford, you know, he could he could easily be gone within the next two years. I've heard talks Hayward to Cleveland. If Kyrie leaves, why keep around Gordon Hayward? Maybe he's gone too. So yeah, I don't even know at this point. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't want to buy anyone's jersey because I'm not sure who's going to get traded. And you maybe say like a semi Ojale. Who knows? Maybe he's a small part of a big Anthony Davis deal. So you never know. I don't, don't buy any Celtics jerseys. If There's just so many possibilities of what could happen. But next we're going to go over the Warriors or Rockets series. I will admit I was wrong. I was wrong about this series. I was incorrect. I thought this series was over and the Rockets are back in it. When the Rockets were down 2-0, I thought it, I thought it was over. I said they couldn't come back. It was due to it was, it's done. I thought they were done. I thought maybe they can take one in Houston, but it's gonna be three one. The Warriors will take care of business five or six games. It but they're back. And tonight is yeah, tonight is game five. Uh they're they're all been good games, don't get me wrong. Those first two games really were close to being two oh rockets. I wouldn't really say it was it was at least one one. But, you know, Curry kind of chokes at game three, game four, just good game by KD, solid game by Steph, but Clay has just struggled. He really has. He's need, he need, Him and Steph have to uh, turn, you know, they have to turn it up a little, and they really need Clay and Steph. They need Clay to at least score, I'd say, you know, 16 points, and Curry to have, you know, like a 26 and six game. If he if Curry can drop twenty six and six and shoot very efficiently and Thompson can play good defense and score at least, you know, sixteen, seventeen points and doesn't have to take a lot of shots. As long as they can have over average games, they should be alright. But tonight I'd say I don't know who it means a little more for this is like a huge game five. This is pivotal game five, like must win territory. Um just because it could really decide the series. It it's really must win, I'd say, for both teams tonight. Oh, it's usually it doesn't happen a lot where you see a must-win game five for both teams. You know, must-win game five for the Celtics, yes, but must-win game five for both teams when it's tied two-two. You know, must-wins are usually when you're down, you know, two-one, or you're no tied two-two. It's rare to see a must-win, but tonight's a must-win for both teams. Huge game. Um, I, I really just – whoever wins tonight, I see winning the series probably. And i really rooting for the Rockets just because as a general sports fan at this point, I'm kind of like, yes, the Rockets might win, but then the Celtics are out, so who cares? I just want to see that Warriors team lose so bad. It would be – oh, it would be so funny. Oh, it would be so good, and I'd be laughing as my team's eliminated too as they just put such a disappointing season. But to see the Warriors lose, like, good think – there's an actual chance, once again, like there was last year and it didn't end up happening, but that would just be great. Then there's the Toronto 76ers series. Oh, Joel. And um, some I heard le- last night they lost to the Raptors. I've heard people ripping on Joel and Ben Simmons. Uh, J.J. Redick had three points in 31 minutes. To- Tobias Harris had six rebounds, 15 points, which isn't horrible, but... 
they it's all Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. What about you know? I I think I like you'd forget Tobias Harris is still on that team. You'd forget. Jimmy Butler gets mentioned enough. Him and JJ Redick forget forget that they're on the team. You'd actually forget. It's all Ben Simmons, JJ. Uh, ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, J- Jimmy Butler. Uh, I almost want to say at this point now, Jimmy Butler is more valuable than Tobias. I've said Tobias, 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 but now I kind of want to say Jimmy at this point. He's their closer, their glue guy. He's a better defender. Uh, he's even a better scorer. You know, it, Tobias Harris stretches the floor for you and may be a little better fit. But overall, just Jimmy. Jimmy's helped you out a lot more. Tobias said at the beginning it was like a sugar rush. But no, I said uh, when they were down 2-1, I said the Raptors might prove me wrong in a bad way. But no, they came back. Uh, these Kawhi to Kobe comparisons, not a huge fan of them. I see the similarities. There's similarities, just it's not... Kawhi's not at that level yet, okay? I'm not going to go in full detail on that, but he's just not at that level. But I understand the praise from guys like Norman Powell. But he's just not – he's not at that level yet. He's just – he's almost – but no, no, not not even almost. He He's won a finals MVP, yes, and has a ring, has a finals MVP. But he needs to more. Kobe had, like, six rings. So – and he's been a little more clutch than Kobe, yes. But I just need to see more. I need to keep seeing it. And Kawhi is a great player. I just – let's keep proving yourself. Just You just need more time to keep proving yourself. Maybe you'll get to that status. I just don't think he'll get done Toronto either. Because not only does he need to play well, he needs those rings as well. Some of those finals MVPs. So that series, again, I don't believe in the Sixers. Uh, I've lost some faith in that Raptors team just because uh, they, they've disappointed a little, for sure. But Kawhi's really came up. Uh, Kyle Lowry obviously hasn't been the best. Pascal's been good, a little inconsistent, but still very good. Joel, the eight turnovers last night, great defense and game planning by Nick Nurse and that Raptors defense, but also you know, he's got the illness and the you know stomach bug. He's had all this. So Joel's been hurt. We have to, you know, consider that. So, you know, it's tough to, to rip on him too much, but must win, obviously, for the Sixers. Yes, in Philadelphia. I just don't believe in them. I think the Raptors will win the series. I've thought it throughout. I never changed my opinion on that. Even when this Raptors started struggling, 76ers looked hard to beat in that after that game three. But no, I still believe in the Raptors. I just can't believe in that 76ers team. I'm sorry. And then the last series is the Trailblazers Nuggets. Wow, what a turnaround for the Nuggets. Now they're up 3-2 in the series after being down 2-1. The Nuggets might go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm personally rooting for the Trailblazers in the series. I I just like Damian Lillard a lot, uh, and I just I like that Trailblazers team. Nuggets. I I wouldn't say hate the Nuggets. I just I just don't really like them. I, I don't you know I don't hate them, but I like the Trailblazers a lot more. One of my favored uh, teams, and I might just root for them at this point if they can move on and Celtics don't. But. McCollum had a quiet game five after that, you know, that trip quadruple overtime. But I'm, I still don't count the Trailblazers out of the series. Game six will be in Portland. And there's a good chance the Trailblazers can win that game. And all of a sudden it's a game seven. Which I'm not saying the Nuggets can't win a game seven because they just did against the Spurs. Very experienced team, a very experienced coach. But... The Trailblazers can still win the series. Who should be favored? The Nuggets, the Nuggets, the Nuggets. And I'm not saying the Nuggets won't win. I'm not saying that 
Trailblazers won't either. The Trailblazers can turn this around. Given, you know, Game 7 will be in Denver, but they can change momentum in Portland. I kind of think having their Game 6 in Portland is the, an advantage. Because if it's a Game 7, if, if, if it's Game 7, I want Damian Lillard over Nikola Jokic. Because Game 7, think about that. There's going to be Nikola Jokic back-to-back Game 7s in the playoffs. He's not very well-conditioned. Damian Lillard... You know, he's just finely conditioned, much more experienced, much more clutch. Uh, you know, Jokic, Jokic may, may be a little better overall than Dame. Maybe, maybe. I'm not even saying he is. But when it comes down to those final minutes, Game 7, they give me Dame all day. So just having that Game 6 to be able to gives you a little comfort in Game 6 to try to tie the series and get that Game 7. So I actually think it's an advantage in a way because you need to win Game 6 to get to Game 7. So... This is my opinion. So that's my little rundown. I didn't go, you know, too too in depth, too crazy because I need to save some time for my uh, NBA starting point guard pyramid. We're already closing in on thirty minutes. I still have a whole another segment for you guys coming up, so it should be fun. I did this uh, two days. I did this yesterday. Uh, currently, I'm recording, and it's Wednesday. I did this on Tuesday, and it's just tier one. Is you know, it. it Tier 1's the best, then Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4, Tier 5. So, I'll explain everything. Uh, in a, oh, I just did, but I'll explain my picks. So, we'll start out with Tier 1. And, uh, yeah, we'll start off with Tier 1. So, uh, first, let's dive into it. All right, so starting off with Tier 1, we only have one player for Tier 1, and Steph Curry. I believe Steph Curry's on his own tier. He owns that first tier all by himself. Uh, you could argue, you know, to put Kyrie, Dame, and Russ on there, or just Dame, or just Kyrie, or both Dame and Kyrie, or just Russ even. I don't know. But I, I think Kyrie's on it. Uh, Curry is on his own tier. Curry owns that first tier, and he owns it uh, proudly. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering how I even made this, it's this app called Tier Maker, and it basically gives you a set template, and it all all the players, and I just drag them into their tiers. It was actually it's actually pretty good. Uh, you can look up all, all these other you know things like the starting quarterbacks, starting shooting guards, whatever you want. Uh, just throwing that out there in case you want to make your own. You're wondering how to do it. Uh, that's how you should do it if you are interested in calling in. But yeah, Curry, I think believe he's on his own tier. You can argue with me, but I believe he's on his own tier. And taking tier two, I have Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, and Russell Westbrook. These guys, yeah, you could argue they're tier one. They're both, they're all top 15 NBA players. How are they not tier one? I just think Curry has that separation on them. And, yo, I definitely see your argument if you're putting them all on tier one just because they're all tier one point guards. Yes. But I just had to put Curry on his own tier. And it's tough because, like, you can even argue Tambo Walker's a tier two. But I want to see how he does on a good team, you know. I want to see how he does on a good team. He's a good scorer. You know, what other than that? I mean, yeah, you can argue that's like Damian Lillard. He's not a good defender either. He's not a great passer. But, no, you know, he's a little he, – he really can carry a team. And even in a tougher conference, given he has that side star in C.J. McCollum. But, anyway – Getting off track a little. Yeah, you can argue they're in Tier 1. If you say they're in Tier 1, I don't disagree with you. Uh, they're, they're all top 15 NBA players, so that kind of makes them a Tier 1 player for sure. But I just – I had to give Curry that Tier 1 just all by himself because he is just – he's something else. So Tier 2, Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook. All right, then in Tier 3, we have Kemba Walker, CP3, D'Angelo Russell, 
Ben Simmons, Kyle Lowry, John Wall, Eric Bledsoe, Mike Conley. Kemba Walker, really, if anything, if he's not on Tier 3, he's on Tier 2. Uh, pretty much the same with CP3. I think he's he's great facilitator, but he's got to take a backseat. I, I think, I personally, I don't think the Rockets are a great fit for him. People say, yeah, he needs to take a backseat. I do agree, but I think he could really shine in a different place a little more. You know, he could score a little more, just get more touches because he's a facilitator. But with James Harden taking so many touches, given he needs to take that backseat, he's still a good point guard and I think I don't think he can really go any higher than tier three. Uh, he won't go any higher because tier three. If right now he's at tier three, in a year or two, if anything, he'll be on tier four. He's just kind of going on decline. You know, Kemba maybe next season will be a tier two, but I think Kemba will stay a tier three material. Then there's D'Angelo Russell. He could really end up being a a tier two guy. I don't think he'll end up being tier one, but. He has nowhere really to go but up. Uh, I always believed in D'Angelo Russell. I'm not a huge fan of his character, but I love the ice in my veins. I love watching him play, and I always never thought he was a bust. I never gave up on him. That was one thing I never did give gave up on D'Lo. You know, you know, tough. If he didn't really perform this year, maybe I would have, but I stuck with him because I saw the potential there, and you know, I still saw the numbers were still solid. So I was just like, he'll he'll crack one. I didn't think he'd be an all star. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't think he'd be an all star, but I thought he he'd be solid and end up proving some people wrong. And Ben Simmons, I mean, he could end. Up, ben Simmons could definitely end up being a tier one. Like D'Lo, I don't think could. I think D'Lo will be a tier two at some point. I don't think he'll be tier one. Ben Simmons, especially if he can get that jump shot and just start performing better in the playoffs, he can definitely be a tier one. Uh, I think he will. I think Ben Simmons will end up being a tier one at some point. I think he'll develop somewhat of a better jump shot, become a better playoff performer, a little bit better of a scorer. Uh, definitely has tier one potential, but you never know. Uh, I think he'll end up being somewhere between tiers one and two. He could end up just staying at three, honestly, though, too. But I just doubt it. I think he's definitely has tier one potential, but we'll see. Kyle Lowry at tier three. He really can't go much higher. He's not a tier two point guard at this point. Um, and I could really only see him going down kind of like CP three His primes just past him at this point. I, I thought, you know, that was it for all stars for him. I don't think he'll make any more, uh, but he's a tier three. I think next year will probably still be a tier three, like CP three, but they don't, they can't really go much higher at this point in their careers. And then there's John Wall. John Wall's a very controversial one because he hasn't played in so long. And personally, I'm not a believer in John Wall. People say, yeah, John Wall will just return. He's not going to return to an all-star self at best average. So you're saying if he's at best average, shouldn't he be like a tier four? No, because uh, that's just my assumption he'll come back as a, uh, you know. So I, I played injuries to a factor because the last time we really saw John Wall play, he was probably like a tier two point guard. But I had a factor of the injuries in somewhat, you know. So I couldn't just... You know, I assume he'll come back as a tier four point guard, but the last time he played, he was a tier two. So I figured the mean, uh, the mean, the average of tier four and tier two, that adds up to six divided by two. That's three. So he's a tier three point guard. Yeah, quick math. And then there's Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe's always just been Eric Bledsoe and Mike Conley actually go hand in hand because they haven't made an all star. They have not made an all star game, both of them, but they've always been all star material. They're tier three. Um, I don't see any of them going much. They're not never going to be tier two or tier one. And again, kind of like CP3 and Kyle Lowry, you know, within the next couple of years, I think Eric Bledsoe is a little more time, but like Mike Conley, they're soon to be tier fours. Uh, they're, you know, their primes are kind of past them. I think Bledsoe's in his prime right now, but 
Um, both both of them just ironic. They've always been all-star material, just never made the all-star team. Then there's tier four. This is really where the youth comes in because we see these are basically the guys. This basically this whole list basically is all very good. Uh, not elite at this point, but like D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons were like the two young point guards that made it tier three or higher. There's a lot of guys on here that are so close to tier three, it's not even funny. Like next year, they're going to be tier three. And then they could end up being tier one point guards. Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Lonzo Ball, Jamal Murray, Jeff Teague, Colin Sexton, Ricky Rubio, Derek White, Dennis Smith Jr., Justice Winslow, Shy Gildas Alexander. The only two players on there that aren't basically on rookie deals at this point are Ricky Rubio and Jeff Teague. Both of them, I'd say, are tier four point guards. That tier three group, they're, no, they're not. They're 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 solid. Um, tier four is basically, you know, you're 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 average or a little over average. Like Trey Young, the way he played at the end of the season made him look like a tier three point guard. Next year he'll be a tier three point guard. I believe De'Aaron Fox will probably be a tier three point guard next year. Those two are kind of the locks, and then I think you know Colin Sexton might. Jamal Murray might. I think Lonzo Ball will reach tier three at some point, but nothing higher than that. I think. I think Lonzo will spend a few more years dwelling in Tier 4, maybe hit Tier 3 at times, but he'll spend some time in Tier 3. I, maybe Tier 2, I, I don't see him, but Tier 4, Tier 3 for Lonzo. Trey Young and De'Aaron Fox uh, could be Tier 2 material, at least to Tier 1 from what they've shown me. Tier 2 potential at least. Uh, Jamal Murray, same thing, probably Tier 3 to Tier 2 potential. He'll never reach Tier 1, I don't think, but he's soon to get up there in Tier 3. Maybe even move up to Tier 2. Colin Sexton, same thing. I don't think he'll be Tier 1, but he'll be up there. Derek White um, could be Tier 3 next few years. And then the three kind of ones that maybe slipped onto the Tier 4 list. Dennis Smith Jr., Justice Winslow, Shy Gillis Alexander. I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, will ever reach anything above Tier 3. Justice Winslow, same thing. And Shy Gillis Alexander is very highest ceiling is tier two. I'd say if I were to pick any one of those three, maybe I'd take Shy just because he's the youngest, kind of shows the most upside. But Shy ceiling, those are both just future th tier three material. Shy maybe squeaks onto a tier two list if he really hits his fullest potential. But yeah, that's the tier. Tier four is the biggest list, mostly just young guys that are a year or two, maybe three away from being tier three or two potential. Some of those guys with tier one ceilings like Trey and De'Aaron Fox. And who knows, maybe some of them just have untapped ceilings that we haven't seen. They end up, you know, proving us all wrong. But you never know. And then on tier five, we have Darren Collison, Chris Dunn, DJ Augustine, Jalen Brunson, Alfred Payton, Tyler Johnson, Reggie Jackson. These are basically guys that are at best average. I think Darren Collison... You know, it's more of a shooting guard. He's more like a guy that would be good with the Donovan Mitchells, the Victor Oladipo's, kind of a guy that just has to fit. He's not a facilitator. He's just really spot-up shooter. Chris Dunn, very underrated, and I want to put him at Tier 4, but I couldn't. He's just not Tier 4 material because he's just at best average. You know, he averages 10 points a game, all right passer, great defender. But overall, those numbers, especially his ceiling, I'd say is Tier 4. Uh, Darren Collison, I think, will always just stay at Tier 5 because, you know, I don't even know how long he has as a starter left. But Chris Dunn could definitely hit Tier 4 at one point. DJ Augustine, I say, will always be at Tier 5, more like a Darren Collison, just a good shooter. Jalen Brunson could definitely be a Tier 4 guy as well. Uh, 
with a stretch tier three. I don't think he'll ever hit that, but like Chris Dunn, probably tier four potential. Alfred Payton, same thing. I think he showed some uh, glimpses and Pelicans of tier four potential. Tyler Johnson, Reggie Jackson, both guys that uh, Reggie Jackson's prime's over. Tyler Johnson's still kind of young, but I don't think he'll really ever go past tier five. Kind of same with Reggie Jackson at this point. Uh, last year, Jackson was tier four. But I think at this point, yeah, 14 points per game isn't bad. But really, at this point, I, I just don't know. I just don't think he's really that great anymore. So that's my um, NBA starting point guards tier uh, list, if you will. A long episode today. I like giving you guys some good content. Uh, hopefully, you guys uh, um, go follow my Instagram, after the buzzer sports talk. No spaces, all lowercase. Go share this podcast with your friends. I want to keep growing. Um, the more listens we get, the more motivated I will be, the more motivated uh, to, to keep creating uh, even better content for you guys and, you know, keep digging. Uh, I, I try my best already, but, and keep getting better audio. I know the audio isn't top notch. It's not horrible either, but the, the bigger we grow, I, I, I know this is a process. We're still at the beginning. Keep grinding. Uh, thank you guys for the su- support. Um, again, calling on the Anchor mobile app, but yeah, hopefully we can get better audio sometime. I know it's, it's not horrible, but we work with what we got. It's a process. We'll keep building. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and I'll see you next time.